welcome to Soberish. The, I guess the apocalypse isn't the cure for seasonal depression podcast. I have just been taking baths and staring at my phone on the bed for a few days now. Uh, nice to be back into my pre-corona lifestyle. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, those were both tweets. But they're very true tweets. Um, whew, I have a lot of ground to cover. This is going to be an energy update. This is uh, Energy updates are usually just me rambling into a microphone. I said a couple weeks ago I didn't like the ones that are just me. And you guys are very nice to message me and tell me that you love them. I know that you love them. Um, that's not what the download numbers would indicate. But I know that those of you who like them really like them. Um, I don't like them because I say a lot of outlandish shit. And um, I have a tendency to be able to make outlandish shit sound far more balanced than it actually is. And it's nice to have another face here so that I can kind of watch the expressions when I say stuff. And then I can either add some context or nuance or know to edit that out later. So without that, um, no checks and no balances. I do think it's important to point out that Jessa Reed is not the voice of balance. Okay. I'm not the Dan, uh, Donahue called me an interesting voice screaming in the corner. That's definitely like, I, I think my purpose, my energy is here to like shake things up, but I think I shake things up by presenting a probably crazy uh, perspective on things. And sometimes it really resonates. Sometimes it's ahead of its time and sometimes it's just crazy. So I do think it is important that you always use your discernment when I'm talking and, um, Let's not take everything I say as gospel for fucking sure. Um, man, I want to get into a bunch of shit right now. I want to talk about stuff I've been getting triggered by. I think we are all triggered as fuck. And it has been... Whew, it's been a rough month. I guess it's been a month that I've been in Tennessee. And um, I've... I had to force myself to be as vulnerable as I've been publicly. I've had a couple pretty public meltdowns, um, just not meltdowns, but like in the soberish community, like I've, I've gotten triggered and then had to let everyone watch me be triggered. Uh, I've definitely had more criticism coming my way than I've had in a while and I am, but it's interesting how triggered I can get by people in this community because I like care, you know, I get, it's like I resonate with people that I've known for six months. And then if they don't, they express that they don't resonate with me, I'm triggered by that. And then that's so interesting to look at because like, philosophically, I don't want anyone to force themselves to resonate with me. But why does it suddenly make me feel bad about myself? And please don't anyone take this. This is this is what this entire podcast is, is me taking my life experience and then like, um, unraveling it and analyzing it and coming up with like a blueprint for what I think reality is. So if you were involved in any of this triggering, this fucking has nothing to do with you. This is just um, I'm a little short on life experience. There's a depression that I'm 
going through right now. And I'm not someone who needs to be constantly entertained or socializing or whatever, but I am like, there is something missing. And I'm like, what is this thing that's missing? And I think it's just life experience, like stories, you know, and most of my stories are, I, you know, made a huge mistake at the deli counter trying to get ham, you know, they're not necessarily big life changing, um, things, but anyway, there's 20 points that are none of the point that I was trying to make. I've been thinking a lot about different perspectives and why we are so attached to the idea of one perspective being right. I don't think that resonance, and I should probably ask, I don't know, the fucking musician in this house. Um, I don't think resonance means everything playing at the exact same key. Is key the word I'm looking for? Like resonance is all these different things coming together to make something beautiful, right? So there are things um, that are, sorry, I'm just watching Nate try way too hard to be quiet as he walks by. <laughs> it's really not that serious. <laughs> what is so threatening to us when somebody else has a perspective that isn't ours? Here's, here's what I currently, I'm trying to map out the new version of reality. And sorry, this is a little bit all over the place. I got to find a starting point. So we as gods create reality with our perception and you have different ways of creating it you have like an artist create something and then people point their perception at it and people pointing their perception at it then makes it happen in reality that's the thing that happens with like the simpsons they didn't predict anything i don't think i think they created a piece of art and so many people pointed their perception at it that it then went out into reality. And what we used to experience as what we would call mainstream reality was uh, a lot of people pointing their perception at one thing gives it more bandwidth, which makes it a bigger reality. Doesn't make it more valid or more real. I think that's what we're going to start to get away from. But it does give it a more solid presence. And so what has happened over the, la- the course of the last, whatever, 20 years with the internet and everything is that the mainstream went from being this one big solid piece of bandwidth of reality to breaking and splintering off. And that, I think, is what the Mandela effect is, is it's like, no, all of these realities are real. These were variations of timelines. And we are just now starting to figure out, oh shit, we were all living on different timelines. But so many of the main points were universal because we had eight fucking TV channels. And we didn't realize that some people, some beings had figured this out at some point and realized that if you as a creator want to create a bigger, more powerful reality, you get people to point their perception at it, which I think is why a lot of people have like a desire for fame because we feel more valid when people have pointed their perception at our version of reality. It's not actually more valid. It does give it more bandwidth. Does that make sense? So it does make it a little more solid, but that really comes from the belief in dichotomy. Sorry, I'm unpacking some of this as I go. This is something I've just been like right on the edge of figuring out. It's the belief in 
duality. It's the belief in right or wrong. Now, this is something that I've noticed in the soberish community, and I've done it as well. I've been, I've, I've noticed because I've been doing it. And Sabrina, I think, nailed it this morning or last night. We're all kind of coming at this from a different direction right now, this apocalypse. I'm coming from it as someone whose energy is like, since I was a kid, the idea of setting people free out of prisons, the idea of a revolution, the idea of burning the old thing to the ground. Like that's like, that's my energy. I'm not a builder. I mean, I guess I am. I'm like initiate things, but like my energy is very pivot. I'm here for the pivot. I'm here for the change. I'm here for the upheaval. And so I've never been comfortable with the established anything. And if you watch me in my life, it's hard for me to stay in the same state for more than a couple of years. And I have to move my furniture around all the time. And I have to change houses and apartments. And I don't like to own things for more than a couple of years. Like I'm very pivot. That's my energy. That That isn't the right perspective. That's a perspective. Life would be fucking exhausting if we were all like me. But like I have a place. And... I spent most of my life hating that I was like this because I, you know, I, I grew up in Portland and Delaware, but like Delaware was this energy where people were born and grew up in the neighborhood with the same, fr they've had the same friends since grade school. They went through all the grades together. They were in each other's weddings that, you know, my parents have friends that they went to fucking high school with and I would move back and forth from Delaware to Portland and I would hate, um, I always felt kind of like an outsider and then I just like I never felt like I could be consistent enough to be a part of that culture and I used to you know we celebrate consistency we celebrate long suffering we celebrate perseverance and I think those things are great if they come naturally to you, if that's naturally your energy. But a lot of people who listen to this podcast, like you're artists, you're creators, you're here for the pivot, you're here for the change. And a lot of these things that are like shoved down our throat, those are worker bee virtues, which is like some shit I made up. These are like, these are not virtues. These are not morals. These things that are peddled to us as like, this is what makes you a good person. If you can stick to something, if you can join the union, see it for the rest of your life. And that's like fine. If that comes naturally to you and you prefer that stability and comfort, that's fine. But if you feel trapped in that energy, you don't have to fucking stay there. These virtues were like, I don't know where we got what we call morals in this fucking country. I'm assuming it's people who wanted you to work in their factories and wanted you to put money in their collection plates at church. But these fucking virtues of like eking out your existence in something that you hate isn't a virtue. You're a fucking God. You're a God on this planet who came here to create whatever you want. How the fuck is it a virtue for you to stay in something that you hate, at a job that you hate, in a relationship you're not happy in, in a fucking family dynamic you don't like, in friendships you feel like you've outgrown? What the fuck is the virtue in that? Who is that for? And then you stay in it because you feel guilty? And that's you not being selfish. This is the thing. Uh, I got backed into a corner a little bit after the villain. So now uh, that I've had a couple minutes to be done being triggered, uh, doing things you don't want to do so people think you're a good person is selfish. Sorry. How's that not selfish? 
You're not, if you're, okay, if you're taking care of people because you want to take care of them, you want to take care of them. No part of you is going to feel trapped. No part of you is, it's going to come from uh, your heart singing. So that is uh, also selfish. Like you're doing what you want to do. If you are, like that's not selfless. That's just what you want to do. There are people who are just out fucking helping right now because they want to help. And that's what makes their heart sing. There are people who are out helping right now because they want to be seen helping, I guess, whatever. I mean, it's a good uh, outcome still. But like everything you do in your life is a means to an end for you. And we have this idea that when you do it out of guilt or shame or obligation, that that's somehow a virtue. But I need you to fucking explain to me how that's a virtue. You know what it is? It's an endless loop of unhappiness. Because if I'm sacrificing myself because I want you to think I'm a good person, then I'm going to have expectations of you to do the same for me. But you can't because nobody outside of you can make you fucking happy. Staying at a job that you fucking hate so you appear responsible or so that nobody criticizes your life choices. I don't know. In that, like, you're a fucking God who's trying to figure out how to create your own life. And there's a million reasons that we do things based out of fear. And that's kind of the point of this game is to find your way out of the maze of fear. But I'm going to challenge anyone that tells me that doing things you don't want to do is selfless. Because I know that when I'm doing things I don't want to do. And I do tons of things for other people because I fucking like it. Which is selfish. Everything is for yourself. You're fucking here for yourself. That's what you're here for. Now, I know that that seems like a paradox because I definitely was saying that uh, rich people should give their money away. So I want to clarify for anyone that that was confusing for. I don't think the rich people are going to give their money away. I mean, there are people. I read this amazing Twitter thread about how much money Beyonce quietly gives away. And I was like, I fucking love it. But I don't actually have an issue with the stars. I have an issue with what we do, the way we perceive them. We pedestalize them. And I'm just trying to rock that boat. I'm trying to fucking shake things up. You are not less than the fucking movie stars that you like. You are not innately incapable of creating a life for yourself. The elites aren't fucking better than you. They're parasites. They're not fucking smarter than you. They're shadier than you. They, this system is set up against you. And I just, I'm like, I'm trying to shake the bars of the prison that like they've tricked us into going into. That's it. I don't actually, I don't give a fuck. I'm also not anti-money. I just like, I'm anti this system. And until all of us are well, I don't think any of us are well. And I think if the system is set up to benefit me and and oppress entire other groups of people how is that fun who is that fun for I don't how is it fun to just have everything you want and know that it's on the backs of other people who the fuck is that fun for I don't get it what kind of gross program are you running on that you want to be rich only in the contrast of other people being poor I don't get it how the fuck listen I've never, ha- I never have medical insurance. I just don't use it. I use hippie medicine for everything and, and it fucking, it works for me. And then I pay cash for the rest of the stuff that I use Western medicine for. And uh, with as many kids as I had, it just always worked out better for me to pay cash for it. 
you know, I just like pay cash for a, a surgery is still cheaper than the insurance would have been. It was this very small surgery. But um, anyway, it's just like what worked for me. And when the Obamacare thing came out, it was it was uh, I had to pay a huge fine to every uh, tax time in order to not have insurance. And I hated that. I hated the idea that you're like, you're fining me for like, I just use a different kind of medicine that works for me. And I'm not judging other people's things, but like this works for my family. None of us have a autoimmune disease, whatever. And um, I hated it and I was bitching about it. And then two friends of mine who had uh, who did have autoimmune diseases, who had been living without the medications that they need we're getting the medications that they need. And like, that's all I, I was like, oh shit. Well then who cares if you take my money? I'm not pe- getting penalized. I mean, I am getting penalized and I, you know, I'm not a fan of the fucking government, but this was one case in which I was like, oh shit, you can take a little bit of money from me. You know, I mean, it was a big fine, but it was like, I can afford it, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had it fucking taken. And my friend's joints don't have to rot off of their 30 year old bodies tight. What's so fucking hard about that? Why is that of all of the things? And listen, this sounds political and I'm not political, but like, how are we, how, how are you in a, in a spiritual collective that considers, that truly honestly believes that you are part of one consciousness and then you have a problem with like us figuring out a way to make sure that everyone is taken care of? I don't know. It's a, I hate that this shit right now with the collapse and everything is like making me get political uh because I'm not I'm I and if you have a conversation with me about it, it becomes very obvious that I'm pretty unplugged from it but um I'm unplugged from it in the micro but on the macro perspective it's important that everyone know that that's what I'm here for that's what I'm here for if you're here for like middle class white lady yoga pant fucking spirituality I'm not your girl that's not what I'm here for um, I'm not the voice of love and light. I'm not the voice of balance. I'm the voice of let's set this thing on fire until we're all free. None of us are free. So, uh, I don't know what made me go on that fucking rant, but anyway, back to worker bee virtues, you guys, I don't know what this thing is going to look like afterwards. And it is currently <sighs> scary. It's currently fucking scary. It also fucking sucks that the people who are already suffering have to suffer more in order for the heat to get to the to the higher uh, levels of this thing. I hate calling it higher. I hate giving them any credit like that. But it's interesting how many timelines are available right now. And that is the that is the thing that's missing that I think we need to click over to. Every timeline is valid. Is there a timeline where Donald Trump, uh, sorry, uh, my computer froze for a second. Is there a timeline where Donald Trump is somehow working with some high, like secret, the QAnon, is that a fucking timeline? Yeah. I mean, I can't get past, yeah, I guess that every timeline exists. So what if we stop saying, stop fighting? I can definitely see the timeline that people are worried about where this just creates an opportunity for them to 
put martial law into effect and start tracking us through our phones and put microchips in us and shit. Like I was all about that timeline in my 20s. After 9-11, I was so positive that there was so much evidence that that timeline was about to take. I don't know if I, I'm sure I talked about Vera Chip and all this stuff that I was super into in the early aughts. And then it just faded. It just went away. I'm sure that it continued to exist somewhere for the people that really locked into that timeline. But I think part of the reason that we see like so much complacency is because complacency really does just kind of like can create that timeline. Sorry, I my texts are coming through on this. Anyway, uh... All timelines are valid. And I don't know why is it so triggering for us when somebody else presents their timeline and it's not ours. Um, this perspective that we are one being experiencing everything from a million, more than a million, but different perspectives, right? Which would make every single perspective true. And we would have to live it from every different perspective to truly absorb all of that experience. What is the thing that makes us triggered about someone else's version? Because I say stuff. I say stuff I'm because I'm trying to unpack this. Why is this fucking triggering for me? Why can't I just let this person have their fucking version of reality right now? I don't truly believe that mine is right and theirs is wrong, but why do I feel so fucking threatened when they present their version of it? And so I'm getting to the point where I force myself to say like, thank you for sharing your version and then they do it. So we are making progress, but you can feel the tension where we're both like, thank you for sharing. You know, we're like, we're locked in. And that's definitely progress from like, you know, a few years ago. And it does seem archaic and insane to me when I see people on Twitter going out of their way to say astrology is not real. And it's like, I don't, who, okay, don't read about it. Then I don't, who, who fucking cares about your opinion on something that I'm into? I can do that with, you know, normies regular people I've gotten that far but then like you get two people who are resonating on on several parts of ascension and then now we're in fighting and fundamentally we believe that every perspective is true and every timeline exists so what is it what piece of programming are we trying to burn out when we are so locked into debating who's right who's wrong who what's real what's not and um I I think it's duality it's the death of duality right so like duality was this intense parameter and we've we've been chipping away with it gender and you know when the aliens told me the funny dicks will fall off thing it was there's no right or wrong, no good or bad, no light or dark, no uh, male or female. None of these dichotomies actually exist. And for a long time, and we all do this, we chase light, man. We want everything to be fucking light. I just realized I've been shouting into this microphone and the levels are pretty high. I hope I didn't fuck this podcast up. We always do the sound check, but I like don't know how to shout when I'm not actually doing a podcast. And then I get on the microphone and I'm like, Wah! 
we say we're not love and light. We say that we embrace darkness, but there is a part of us that's constantly trying to make everything get to light. And there is a part of us that feels like we're somehow failing or we're somehow not making progress. If we have darkness, if we have depressed days, if we have anxious days, if we've circled back and we're reprocessing our ex and reprocessing our childhood trauma. But if the entire point of this is to just experience things from every possible perspective, it makes perfect sense that we're revisiting that trauma over and over again because you're a different person this April than you were last April and your processing of your childhood trauma last April was from a different perspective than it is in this April and what if my stance on uh, childhood trauma is different than your stance on childhood trauma and those are just one God looking at things from two different perspectives what is it that makes us want to fucking debate what's real? Are we fighting over bandwidth? Is there some code in the bandwidth thing that is like, you know, if I have a creation and you have a creation and I get 10 people to point their perception at it, it makes it more real. I have thought a lot about that and I talked about that on some podcast recently where one of these episodes where there is something that we want to be validated, right? So like we talk about that desire to be validated like it's some super negative thing, but what if it is really just kind of like a corruption of a God process? What if part of being a God and creating something, you then need perceptions pointed at it? Does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling right now. And this is something I'm like trying to unpack And so uh, I think I'll be unpacking it as we go. But I have been trying to put together a map of creating reality in the new world. Because what it feels like is karma was like a light rail system. So your, your path was kind of predetermined by your higher self that you didn't have constant contact with. Your lessons were predetermined, but you weren't privy to them. And so although you were having all of these experiences and could make decisions when to turn, most of it was on kind of a solid track. And what's happening now is that you, your avatar and your higher self have integrated in a way that your higher self now picks the lessons in the moment. And then you start experiencing that. And we haven't figured out all these controls yet so there is kind of a rapid changing of timelines so everything feels confusing and disorienting it's affecting everything I, I have started to figure out ways to anchor timelines for myself but it has made readings very interesting because there is a separation between the timeline I'm picking up on for people and their energy sometimes where I'm like This is, I can see this trajectory clear as day. I have no fucking idea how this connects to you right now as a person. I don't see where this pivot happened. So I'm like, am I picking up on someone else's timeline? Like, what is this? So it's it's a whole new set of energies and like senses. And I think everything we are experiencing is valid. And I think we are going to super fucking level up. If we figure out a way to exist in a collective, and believe me, I'm talking to myself, exist in a collective with a hundred different perspectives without believing any of these perspectives are more right 
But finding a way, the aliens had told me at one point that the answer is yes to everything. And the more you can apply that, the bigger your perspective is, the the more you'll be able to see. So there is no um, this or that. It's this and that. Fuck. Remember when I was talking about that in the fall? It's not this or that. It's this and that. So if there are people who believe that we're about to get microchipped with vaccines, okay, I know that I fucking, God, I wish I hadn't used that as an example because I get the whole anti-vax thing. I'm not trying to start that fucking conversation. But there is a, it's not insane, uh, not completely insane. I don't resonate with it, but it's not completely insane to think that there is a conspiracy as the collective is starting to break their mind out to possibly force people to get microchips. Okay, I'm just going to stick with microchips. Going to stay away from the V word. I don't want to touch that with a 20 foot pole. Please do not fucking message me about that. Um, the microchip thing. So the microchip thing was something that I was uh, never shut the fuck up about 20 years ago. It was totally a, a post 9-11 timeline that was approaching. And with how literal everything else from the book of Revelations has been in the last four weeks, it's just not crazy that they want to put chips in people. And so some people feel like 5G is making us sick, that chips are going to get put in people, that the society is actually turning this whatever way. And I don't know why we need them to think something different. But we also don't have to think the same thing. Like, is there value in people neutralizing the... Because you do neutralize timelines when you pay them attention. There is a way to look at this timeline that is the worst case scenario. Um, I got to get Lacey on to talk about this. Because I'm hyper optimistic all the time. Because I feel like I've already seen the end of the movie. So it's like, everything will be fine. And Lacey is, you know... Uh, the shadow witch a lot. So she sees the darkest timeline. And there is something that we do when we get together where we're, if we acknowledge her, like the timeline that she picks up on, we are able to like neutralize it and, and, and end up somewhere in the middle. So maybe there's a reason that part of the collective has to spend time paying attention to and dissecting the the more conspiracy theory, you know, maybe there's a reason that, that the other, the QAnon timelines that don't resonate with me at all, but I also just don't, I don't feel the danger in them that everyone else does. Like everyone else is like, oh, danger and every piece of misinformation. And I'm like, I don't know. Isn't like most of society's propaganda misinformation? Like I just don't, um, it sounds I think that everyone has to go through, a lot of people have to go through a conspiracy theory phase and they are nuts when they're going through it. I went through it. I sounded insane. And then I found my way back to balance. And I find that that's true with most things. People get very extreme with things for a minute and then they come back to balance or they turn into fucking Alex Jones, I guess, if you pour a bunch of alcohol into the mix. I just, uh, I have... I have struggled in the last few weeks with needing everyone to, and I I don't philosophically want everyone to agree with me. I don't philosophically want anyone to, everyone to agree with me, 
But I would be lying if I said it's not triggering for someone, for people to um, disagree with me. And I am hyper, probably over cautious about cult things and being a teacher and people following me and stuff. I probably make it worse with how much I'm trying to prevent it. But I... It's one of these things where you're like, yeah, I know better, but why do I feel this way? And when I really get to the core of the feelings, I philosophically feel like you should believe whatever you believe, right? But when it it is presented as a what feels like a Jessa is wrong, it's very triggering. And I'm like, well, why is it? Why is it triggering? And it's because I think you think I'm bad. I think if I had to like narrow it down to one sentence, I'm afraid of people thinking I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm afraid of people thinking I'm bad. And it's funny because how many... What if this is it, man? What if everything we ever took as nefarious or evil or whatever was just like people walking around with these like wounded inner children who were just like trying to assert their ego because I've like forced myself not to do that you know the 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 part of me that's like stomping around brooding when uh I mean luckily I'm so fucking fortunate to have friends that when I go to them and say like what what's here I have friends that don't just co-sign my bullshit I'm fucking so fortunate to have cultivated friendships with people that are that tell me the truth and so I'm able to like disengage for a minute and then take this to a friend and then have a friend be like you're triggered this is fine you know what what are you what are you seeing in this mirror what is what what are you projecting outwards that you're taking as people hating you And then I'm able to like work with that mirror a little bit and be like, okay, why do I need everyone to believe what I believe? And then I'm watching it kind of happen in the collective. And I love that thing that Sabrina said, who was also someone who, who held a great mirror for me while I was triggered. Um, Some people are missing what we used to have. Some people want to see it burn. Some people can't wait to see it rebuilt. Some I'm paraphrasing it completely incorrectly. Some people feel like they need to find the truth. Some people feel like they already know the truth. Some people feel like they need to spread the truth. Like everyone has a job. This is it. What if this is it? This is the 60 thing where everyone brings their thing to the table. And then we have to find a way collectively to not need the hand to be the same thing as the kneecap. I think this is our programming. This is our worker bee virtues that we're trying to transmute. We're trying to get away from this belief that everything needs to be like homogenized. Is that the word? Um, Everything doesn't have to be the same. Your energy, your perspective is beautiful the way that it is. And if we just like the end of dichotomy isn't the end of bad. The end of dichotomy isn't the end of pain or discomfort. The end of dichotomy is the end of believing that that is something that shouldn't exist. And when we when we get free of this dichotomy stuff, we get free of we get we don't get free of the dichotomy we get free of the belief in the dichotomy we get free in the belief in right or wrong good or bad light or dark and rather it all just is 
It all just is experience. And when I'm in like pain, I mean pain, when I am suffering through a difficult part of my life, I almost flourish more in those situations than I do when it's something like dumb, pinging on my childhood trauma, because when it's like objectively big and awful and painful, it's pretty easy for me to be like, everything in life is just experience and I'm here to experience this pain and I'm going to get through it and it's going to be okay. And then when it's something stupid, like someone doesn't like me, you know, uh, I experience it so much deeper. All right. Sorry. I got distracted and I have no idea what the fuck I was talking about, but it was probably annoying. So, Um, A couple other things I wanted to talk about. Oh, along this vein of getting everyone else to, um, I want to put together an entire episode of map keys um, for the new reality. But here's one that is a game changer, but you're not going to like it. Everyone is playing the role that you have written for them and we have no external enemies. So that's like, duh, ego revelation. Sorry, I don't know how to turn this fucking text thing off on my computer. Um, we all know that, duh, whatever, right? But like literally, if someone starts playing a role, especially if it's like, I've already met this character before, you know, I've already had this particular sort of enemy or antagonist. Um, God, words are getting so hard. You're creating that. And you have asked them to play that role. And if you want to neutralize that role, you have to unplug from how fucking intoxicating it is to have an enemy and ask yourself, why am I asking this person to play this role? Why am I asking this person to abandon me? Why am I asking this person? That doesn't mean they're going to st- like the result of that might be that you just write them out of your script. The result of that might be that they're just no longer in your life. You don't get to like control people, but every person, the role that they're playing in your life is a choice of yours. And a lot of that is projecting outwards. And I'm not going to get into like, you know, worst case scenario stuff because um, I've hit on that on other podcasts. But if your roommate, your friend, your boyfriend, your ex, your mother are playing a role that you can't stand, that you allegedly can't stand, you can change it by acknowledging that it's coming from within you. And then you can kind of reverse engineer that programming that's writing that into the script. But I'll tell you, it's really hard. It's one of the more difficult waking up in the dream tricks there are because it is fucking intoxicating to have an external enemy. And you you feel like you're letting them off the hook by finding that programming in you. It's like, no, they need to rant, rant, rant. Well, the belief that anyone outside of you needs to do anything is inherently codependent. We haven't fully unpacked that yet and haven't fully hacked and, and, and healed that programming yet. But the belief that anyone outside of you is responsible for you or your happiness in any, any 
scenario is inherently codependent. So, um, and I am not by a long shot uh, claiming that I have figured that out in my own life yet because we're trained from the time that we're tiny children that it's things outside of us. Things outside of you will make you happy. This is people's responsibility. If they're in a relationship with you, they owe you this, whatever. Uh, Your child owes you this. Your parent owes you this. And like, none of that's true if you want to really get free and you want to really be powerful in this game, you can apply this logic. And when you say shit like this, the first thing that people want to jump to is like, it sounds like I'm talking about creating this super selfish world where nobody thinks about anybody else ever, but it actually has quite the opposite effect. But I am saying that guilt and shame and obligation are ego mechanisms and they are not virtues. Those are not fucking virtues. You doing stuff because otherwise people are going to be mad at you is not a virtue. You sticking at a job that you fucking hate because it somehow proves that you are stable or mature is not a fucking virtue. It's all worker bee shit. It's all follower stuff. Do you want to be a follower? You want to be a creation? You want to be a creator? You have to stand up and do what you want to do. And if you're going to do that, you also have to release the belief that anybody owes you shit. Like this is, this is interdependence. Everyone stand on your own two feet. And this isn't pull yourself up by your bootstrap shit. And change this paradigm. And then when you're doing that, the natural course of events should be that these like, um, a lot of the bootstraps, uh, narrative shit, pull yourself up with the bootstraps is coming from, uh, people in the system who are taking, like they're like, they're robbing from the system. Like here comes some new resource, some new invention that's going to make life easy for everybody. Right. And it could just be shared by everybody. If everyone was living interdependently and not from a, 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 a mindset of scarcity and trust me, just cause they're rich doesn't mean they're living in abundance. Uh, they're rich from like, and I, I'm talking about elites, not fucking millionaires. Uh, and I hate the word elites, but I feel like when I say parasites, you guys aren't hearing what I'm saying. So there are people who are raping and pillaging from the collective. Okay. They see something and they're like, I'm going to take that all for me. And then I'm going to pay off people to, to make laws so that it, it, it benefits me. And then I'm going to put out propaganda in the collective that poor people are just lazy. This is all like malicious malignant it's it's shitty like actively trying to have more than other people that's not abundance that's like a gross imbalance and the more of us that become balanced interde like independent like independent people who who have our own peace and our own stability and our own like confidence in our perspective then we start to have like confidence in other people's perspectives and I'm able to let let you have your perspective and but then we all collectively are like okay I'm a pinky finger this person is a nose hair and we are not supposed to be the exact thing but we still want as part of one big collective body you know I don't want 
the kneecap to to wither away and die. We're part of one collective body. So what do we got to do to take care of the other parts of the body? You know, it's just this balanced symbiotic thing and we're trying to get there. And that's what is happening right now. And that's why this hurts so fucking bad. And what it, what it is currently or what it was before this collapse started wasn't working. It wasn't working. And I know that this is hard. And I know that for people who are in pain or they are watching people in pain, uh, it sounds callous to be like this thing has to burn to the ground. And I'll be honest with you. This wasn't, I guess I did know it was coming if you listen to things I said, but I never know. I just see pictures of things and I never, you know, that's a fucking karmic washing machine is a little vague. Um, how I wanted to see it play out was that we just start creating new systems and then those systems render the old systems obsolete. And I, I thought that that was going to be more of a physical reality thing. I didn't realize like energetically, and it's not that me and the people that listen to this podcast are, are the like, uh, responsible for this collapse by any fucking stretch, but there's been so much like red pill type events in the course of the last year that it makes sense. You know, the Epstein thing came out, you had a ton of people pointing their perception at the fact that we are you know, the bandwidth we are all on is created by people who are pedophiles. You know, that's going to, that's going to shake the foundation of reality. It just is. The reason that this reality stood so long is because so many people bought into this belief of the American dream. And now we all know that's bullshit, right? And I know that it's the, it seems the hardest. The people that I've really, uh, there've been a few people that, um, or just in excruciating pain, but I've had many conversations with just privileged people who were like, well, I want to go back to the way things were. And I'm like, well, of course you want to go back to the way things were. They were benefiting you. Uh, I get it. I don't get it because they were benefiting me too. But like, I, it's, I, I, I just, I just personally, my perspective, my perspective as a crazy voice in the corner is I just don't understand, um, how anyone in a, in an abundant, on an abundant planet, why it's fun for people to have things when other people don't have things. I just don't get why people like that contrast. And I'm going to try to stop judging that. I'm going to try to uh, allow those people to exist, you know, I guess while simultaneously trying to overthrow them. But anyway, not to harp on the same point over and over again. For those of us, so I'm not speaking to the people who just need to deal with the fact that their comfortable way of living is going to change for a second, potentially, so that we can have equality. But for those of us that are in pain or just scared, right, scared of the unknown, um, let's remember we didn't like the thing. We didn't like the old thing. And this is a scary window of time because the we are unknown, but we are... If we collapse this thing with our consciousness, that means that we can build it with our consciousness. And it is just scary. In your personal life, it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have a job in a few months. And I don't know where I'm going to live. And I don't know whatever. Like, I get it. I get it. But let's not, let's stay balanced in the fact that we don't start pedestalizing the past. Right? So we can um, feel our feelings and acknowledge that this is pain. It's kind of like being in labor where this is this hurts right now but 
there is a potential for something beautiful on the other side of it, but we can't get distracted. So go back and listen to the episode, The Tower, if you haven't already, because this is the beginning of this. This is my experience with trying to create something new and the old timeline dies and during the death of the old timeline is so crucial. So imagine the old timeline is your toxic ex. And uh, you spend all of your time bitching to your friends about how much you don't like this relationship, how he doesn't give a fuck about you, she, whatever, how uh, this relationship sucks. You got to get out of it. You got to get out of it. And then your ex just suddenly leaves you, right? What is totally natural to happen in that energy of the loss, the sudden loss, the sudden collapse of this old timeline is to start to create a fantasy where that was great. That was, yeah, that was great. What we had was great because you're just in the death. You're just in the death right now. You haven't given birth to the new thing. And it's so easy to turn around and start looking at the past and creating some false thing. And like, why wasn't I grateful for when I had that job that I couldn't stand, whatever. And these are totally natural reactions and I'm not judging this in the slightest and I get it. Like I fucking get it. And if you go back to the tower, I talk about my experience with this. However, as someone who has successfully collapsed timelines and managed to figure out how to get onto the new timeline uh, without you know, excruciating amounts of pain, like we will. And there's a million different scenarios. And if you need me to tell you some scenarios that could happen, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Now, when this thing first hit, reality was was liquid. It was putty. It could have been formed into anything. And the systems that currently exist, they need you to believe in them and they need you to want to consume in order for them to work, right? The bandwidth, like you are in control of that. And so if, if so many people are suddenly without jobs and everything else, their reality starts to crumble. It starts to crumble their reality. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about solid 3D things. I'm talking about we create their reality with our perception. If we all collectively in a huge group, and this is where the class system does start to come into place, aren't consuming, we aren't, you know, comfortable and then scared in that like loop between comfortable and scared, we aren't creating their reality. It fucks them over. And so they have to find a way to like, if they want to stay in any type of control or power or have their reality created for them, they kind of have to jump in and do something. It would not be outlandish in a long stretch, by a long stretch right now, for universal basic income to become a thing by the end of this, just because otherwise the whole thing goes down in flames and money is fake and has always been fake. They know it's fake. They were trying to hide from you that it's fake, but now you've already kind of seen behind the curtain. So it's kind of like, well, uh, we don't get to play that game anymore. So I guess let's play this new game. Now, uh, that's going to lull us into a different level of uh, complacency, but at least it's not going to be the darkest possible timeline. Um, and this was like the thing we were moving towards was how do we create socialism without asking them for socialism? Cause they were never going to give it to you for asking, but maybe this is how we manifested it. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm really trying to kind of not be the per like not put too much attention to that. I'm pretty focused on the burning to the ground 
And the burning to the ground stuff is really just about people understanding that none of this is real. Did you see how they pulled trillions of dollars out of their assets? Because money doesn't exist. There is value. There is long-term value in people understanding that. There is a ton of injustice and uh, disparity in the like the the medical system shit. The fact that people don't have insurance, they don't they can't get access to healthcare. Like that is all being completely exposed to people that somehow weren't aware of that before. Um, the entire way that the economy works now has to be reworked and potentially reworked into something better. And you can help shape that with your daydreams, with your art, with your belief. And you don't have to think positive stuff all the time, but the past is dead. We might get some form of it. The current timeline that it feels like we're on is that we're going to go back to some Frankenstein pet cemetery of capitalism for a little bit, and then it'll collapse again, and then and then we'll get something better. And that's fine. Whatever route we decide to take is fine. But don't, in the fear of the loss, don't start pedestalizing your ex as if he was something great you know don't lie to yourself don't pretend just because things are scary right now that things were so great and that you just weren't grateful for them or whatever don't do any of that this is a death it's supposed to feel like a death it's fucking awful and I am not this is 5d shit I'm not taking away from the fact that it's fucking terrible in the 3d right now and that people are losing their lives and their jobs and their whatever like I'm not taking away from that at all this podcast isn't you know this podcast is about manifesting higher dimensional reality and so I uh, I do feel like there are some of us whose entire job is to mourn the um, the loss that is happening in the 3d and some of us are supposed to create the new and some of us are supposed to tear down the old and some of us are supposed to support the people death duel is like we all have a different job and uh, I think that we all celebrate the idea that we all have a different job. And I think some of the growing pains right now is like honoring each other's perspective. And, you know, I'm having those growing pains uh, as well. Um, other things that people are working on is... Uh, I'm actually running out of time. Other things that people are working on is... It's really interesting to think of this as gods waking up, like creators waking up on the planet and then going through the growing pains of gods. Do somebody, when I'm saying gods, is getting super triggered? Who's listening to this podcast that doesn't believe that we're gods? I can like hear it triggering someone every time I say it. Anyway, you are a god. Sorry. Um, imagine like a god waking up on the planet and then trying to figure out the tricks to being a god and creating reality and there's a few different things one of them that's holding people back is not taking up enough space and I feel like I've been harping on this for a long time but there's like just like there's that fake selfless selflessness there's also a fake humility and that fake humility comes from having a bad taste in your mouth over ego other people's big ego. So you feel like you're being more virtuous by taking up a tiny amount of space. But imagine that you're a god sent to the planet to t to like bring bring a new energy. Who are you fucking helping by taking up no space? Like who is that for? That so you can feel like you're not parading around your ego, which is fine if that's what you want to do, but uh I feel like I'm supposed to light a fire under a few of your asses 
to um, take up more space, take up more space, show your face, reveal your art, stop needing it to be perfect, uh, stop judging, you know, um, yourself critically, um, and then convincing yourself that it's a virtue to stay hidden in the shadows when like, um, take up more space, take up more space. And this is a really interesting thing that we are being forced to be six feet away from each other. Cause that's about how much space you should be taking up. I don't have a ton of time to get into that. Um, productivity guilt is another thing that people are dealing with. You're as productive as you need to be period. And I, I don't know why it's like somehow worse in this quarantine, but like you're doing exactly what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. And some days that is just eating too many Doritos in your bed and kind of crying. Those of you that have been in this for years, you already know that this is just sometimes what it is, but you're all doing a fucking great job. This is very hard. This is the literal apocalypse. You do not need to be constantly productive. Okay. That one's also for me. And then, um, was that it? Uh, protective mechanisms. I don't know that I have time to really get into this one, but something that the, like the snake shedding its skin that a lot of people are doing, a lot of transmuting right now is, um, protective mechanisms. So we have a lot of things that we feel like are, our um, best qualities and they are actually just protective mechanisms and they are at odds with I actually don't have time to get into that because I got to go do an episode with Noah Lampert and I'm not doing a good job of unpacking it so we'll save that for next week Um, I am doing an episode right now with Noah for the Patreon. If you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Jessa Reed. Lots of bonus content on their readings lives. I am, I have been releasing extra episodes on whatever day. So you guys should go and look and make sure that you've gotten all of them. The numbers are really weird. So I think that a bunch of people don't see episodes when they come out. I also don't care if you don't want to listen to them. But just in case, people have told me that their podcast app doesn't give them every episode because I'm not putting them out on the same day. And then um, if you want to reading, jessarie.com. And I am moving. I'm going back to LA this Thursday and moving out of my apartment and grabbing my car. So I will be kind of off uh, for making content for like five days, but um, I'm going to try to make videos or keep you guys posted on Instagram. I'm sure it'll be a shit show. And then I will see you next week.